0: Our first scripture from the fourth chapter of Jonah. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And then out of 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, Paul says, Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. you who are guests or visitors, we've been working
1: through the book of Jonah. There's one more week left, so... For you who have labored with me through these last 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 weeks, uh, we will come to a conclusion next week. Uh, My sermon will even say that. The conclusion. Um, But it's been a it's it's just a great book. And uh, I hope that you continue to read it. And there's so much inside that book um, that is pertinent to us today and our lives and how we relate to God. Yeah. I want to tell you a little story in a small rural community um it was small and they only had one church in town a small baptist church in fact it was so small that the pastor in the church also had to double as the barber just to make ends meet now there was a man in this community who had done very well with his investments and so you know he was just kind of sitting back and enjoying the fruit of his labor one day he got up and he looked in the mirror and he said you know what I have enough money now. I don't have to shave myself each day. I'm going to go down to the barber every day and let him shave me. And so he did. He went down to the barber shop and he walked in, but he found out that the preacher barber was out visiting shut-ins. So anyway, the barber pastor's wife happened to be there. Her name was Grace, and she said, you know, I usually do the shaves anyway, so why don't you just sit down and, and I'll shave you? man thought, fine. So he sat down and she proceeded to shave him, and when she finished he said, how much do you owe you? And she said, $25. The man thought, well, that's a little bit excessive, and maybe he didn't need to come there every day for a barber shave. But he paid her and went on his way. The next morning, he got up and went to the mirror, and he looked, and holy smokes, his face was as smooth as the day before.
0: He thought, know, wow.
1: After all, it cost me $25. I guess that should be expected. Next day, he got up and he went to the mirror, and His face was as smooth as it was the day before. He thought, that's extraordinary. He said, I have to shave every day. This is amazing. Next day, he got up and he looked in the mirror and his face was as smooth as it was the day it was shaved. He said, boy, I need to go down and talk to that barber. This is unusual. So he went down and he met with a pastor who happened to be there this time. And he said, you know, I need some explanation here. My face is just as smooth as it was three days ago when it was shaved. Why is that? And the pastor smiled and he said, Friend, you were shaved by grace, and once shaved, always shaved. (laughs) I knew there were some moans. I knew I'd hear moans on that. Which brings me back to Jonah. The main message of Jonah is grace, the central message of the gospel. It's grace. It is grace, and grace alone, that sets Christianity apart from every other religion. Now, grace is not. Grace is not a ticket to Fantasy Island. It doesn't cure all of our cancers. It doesn't transform all of our kids into winners. It doesn't send us all soaring into the high skies of success. What grace is, is an amazing power to look earthly reality full into the face, see its sad and tragic edges, its outrageous unfairness, to feel its cruel cuts, and yet realize that in your deepest being, God is good, God is in control, and my friends, that God deeply loves you. As Romans 8 says, Nothing in all creation can ever separate you from the love of God, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him according to his good purposes. Martin Luther once said, Faith is a living trust in God's grace. So certain of God's favor that we would risk even death a thousand times over, trusting in that grace. But, and there's always that but, but we must be people who choose to live close to God, for whom God is everything, and for whom God alone is enough. At the beginning of Jonah, we find just two personalities. God and Jonah. At the end of Jonah, we come back to the beginning. Two people, God and Jonah. That's always the way it is in life. God calls us, and in the end, it gets down to whether or not we have or will obey God's word. That's always the bottom line. Will you obey God's word? Jonah is in a deep funk because he believed that he was being faithful to God he had done exactly what God asked him to do but he didn't believe God was being faithful to his own word and so Jonah repeated God's word back to him in anger to justify himself and prove God wrong Jonah said why did you send me to Nineveh with a message that you never intended to fulfill you know When you believe that you have acted faithfully and yet the results that you thought you would receive or the thought or the results you had hoped for don't happen. How often do you question God? How often are you like Jonah? But you see, what we need to understand is God only calls us to be faithful. God only calls us to live by and obey his word. God alone is responsible for the results. And if we understand what Paul teaches us in Romans 8, then we need to understand that God is perfect. And everything God does in our lives and in this world is perfect, whether we understand it or not. You know, Jonah should have perished miserably inside that fish, but instead he experienced God's grace and mercy. And yet Jonah resented God showing that same grace and mercy to the Ninevites because he hated them. You see, it's possible to obey God's word, but with an attitude that shows our obedience is really little more than disobedience. Too often we forget how much God has forgiven us in life if we were to take an honest look, not just at physical things, but our spiritual sins, we'd be amazed how much God has had to forgive us each and every day. And we would also understand that we were once where that other person is now standing. And we would not be where we are now if it were not for God's grace Jonah was miserable because he was far more concerned about his will than he was about the happiness of God. He was far more concerned about his interests than he was about God's glory. He didn't know God's heart well enough to grieve over sin as God grieves over sin. He didn't know God's heart well enough to rejoice at the repentance of a sinner. God, my friends, is a God of judgment, and I guarantee you, nobody, nobody that is guilty will go unpunished before God. But even more importantly, we need to understand that God is a God of grace and mercy and love, and for that we all should be thankful. If you believe God just forgives and overlooks sin with a shrug, then you will take sin lightly because you believe God takes sin lightly. That is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer once called cheap grace. However, if you realize, as Paul says in Philippians 2, that your salvation costs Jesus Christ his glory in heaven. Think about that. Your salvation costs Jesus Christ his glory in heaven. Your salvation cost Jesus Christ his life here on earth. Your salvation cost Jesus unimaginable pain and torture and ended on a cross. And my friends, he did all of that just for you. And if you were the only person that ever existed in this world, he would have still done it just for you. That is the love, grace, and mercy of God. You know, when you think about that, grace may be free to you, but it's not cheap. It costs God his very son. It costs God everything. The life of grace... Always points me to that cross. And it tells me all of my failures, no matter how devastating, no matter how frequently, every single failure in my life, past, present, and future, does not change my standing with God if I am in Christ Jesus. I may not yet be the person God created me to be, my crown may be tilted. And I may not be all that spiritual. I may have attachments and addictions that control my attention and my functioning in this life, and they function as idols. I may commit idolatry countless times each day as I put other things priority over God. I may not always love God, my family, or others the way I could or the way I should. But this I do know. In Jesus Christ... I am fully accepted by God. If I continue to trust in Jesus Christ, I also know that God will one day make me into the person he created me to be. I will one day be like Jesus if I will walk in his light and trust in his love and his grace. And I know that is true for each and every single one of you. God loves you, and God desires to bless you because he is a God of blessing. Ephesians 2 says, You've been saved by grace through faith, not by works, so that no one may boast. My friend, salvation is not partly from you and partly from Jesus. Salvation is all from Jesus. You've been saved by grace through faith not by works, so no one may boast. So if if and when you say, if I achieve this, then I'll feel acceptable, what you're really doing is cheapening God's grace. You're denying Christ his glory. You're saying all that Jesus Christ did for you isn't enough. If you say, gee, you know, I wish I were more worthy You still don't get grace. Jesus Christ is your worthiness. He did everything for you. He lived and fulfilled the law for you. He died to cover your sins for you. He is your worthiness. You are perfectly worthy in Jesus Christ before God. And when God looks at you, he doesn't see any sin. He sees Christ in you. He sees who he is going to make you into if you will trust him, if you will trust his grace. Jesus is your worthiness. You are fully acceptable and fully worthy before God only because of Jesus, not because of anything in you or anything that you can do. If you say, I want Jesus and I want him in my life, but I don't see him working in my life. You still don't get grace. The fact that you even want Jesus in your life, the fact that you even choose to love Jesus, the fact that you just, you know, want to give your life to Christ means God is already working in your life his grace because otherwise you wouldn't want Jesus. God said in 2 Corinthians, or Paul said in 2 Let me get that right. God said to Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for all your needs. You know, if you've never read Paul's epistles, if you've never read the book of Acts, you may want to read that sometime and realize all that Paul went through out of his love for Jesus Christ, all that he experienced. And he knew one thing, And he says it right here. Your grace is sufficient for all my needs. And that is true for each and every one of us. God's grace is sufficient for all our needs. That means that sometimes when tragedy or suffering comes into our lives and we become overwhelmed because at that moment, that failure seems so overwhelming and we immediately can't even imagine how we're going to function in the future because we need to understand grace. God's grace is sufficient, but God will never give you all the grace you need at the beginning of your journey. Whether that's the beginning of your Christian walk or that's the beginning of some tragedy, overwhelming experience that comes to your life. But God does give you, and God promises to give you, the grace you need every moment that you need it. He gives it to you as you have need. For daily needs, there will be daily grace. For sudden need, there will be sudden grace. For overwhelming need, there will be overwhelming grace. God's grace is given wonderfully, but never wastefully. It's given freely, but never foolishly. God's grace is given bountifully, but not blindly. If you trust God, God will always give us what we need. Perhaps sometimes he'll give us more, but he'll never give us less. For my friends, you have been shaved by grace, and once shaved, always shaved. Amen.